thanks for downloading that B-Word podcast. I'm your beautiful bipolar host, Becky, and it is week three, I believe, of the Vralar, and things seem to be going pretty well, aside from the normal differences between borderline personality disorder and bipolar disorder. The bipolar seems to be doing pretty well. I don't want to jinx anything or something would there knocked on some wood but yeah so far so good and this isn't supposed to make you gain weight I should say so I've been uh, a little bit more energetic with it I've been a little bit more active and I am really digging it aside from that everything's going you know not too badly my stepson's are here right now (laughs) That's always, you know, a, a mixed bag. But for the most part, it's good. I can't complain right now. Give me five minutes. Maybe that'll change. But as of this second, I am doing really well. So let's move on to news. There's a couple articles that I wanted to touch on today. The first one being another installment in Mental Illness Behind Bars. And unfortunately, this has to do with a mental health patient who was a, was when he was a, he's a 21 year old, a former high school football team captain, class president. When he was 20, he had a mental health crisis. It doesn't go into detail about what that is, but he was deemed to be a danger, and so they put him in prison. Uh, which is, as I'm hearing over and over again for different states, the only facility with a secure psychiatric facility, the only facility that is equipped to handle, you know, uh, somebody who's going through that and they're not even equipped. I mean, it's the only facility available, equipped or not. Unfortunately, as I'm also hearing over and over, um, this young man, uh, his name is Andrew Butler, um, and he's from New Hampshire. Uh, this young man has been essentially in lockdown 23 hours a day. He's essentially isolated. Of course, everyone who's listening to this knows, I'm sure, that is a recipe for disaster. It only worsens your mental health. And with somebody who's already experiencing issues, it's cruel and practically torture. So unfortunately for this young man, he is basically locked up, not under arrest, not convicted of a crime, but simply in prison because he has a mental disorder. Not to scare anybody, but it's horrific, really, the treatment people get when they are necessarily put into prison and they have a mental disorder, whether it's because they committed a crime or because nobody else, there's nowhere else for them to go. Fortunately, there is a a writ of habeas corpus that's been filed. Um, basically, basically it's a writ that, um, is a demand that he be moved to a mental health facility as opposed to prison indefinitely held for no reason. There's no hearing yet, but hopefully I'm going to be 
following this as much as I can. Unfortunately, a lot of these articles I read, you know, you never see any updates on, unfortunately. But I'm going to uh, try and keep up with this as much as I can. Uh, the other article that I wanted to talk about was, um, is more lighthearted, thank goodness. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the rumors between of uh, Ariana Grande, I think, and Pete Davidson's dating, They're, that they have a relationship. Well, they he kind of confirmed it, um, but there were so many people that were giving, you know, people on Twitter, people who don't, that aren't really connected to these people in any way, but just have an opinion. And they were saying, oh, somebody with BPD can't ever be in a healthy relationship. They're toxic people. All of that kind of malarkey bullshit. And uh, I wanted to read his little statement here because it's spot on. And I just love it. He says, normally I wouldn't comment on something like this because fuck you. But I have been hearing a lot about people with BPD can't be in relationships talk. I just want to let you know that that's not true. Just because someone has a mental illness doesn't mean they can't be happy and in a relationship. It also doesn't mean that that person makes the relationship toxic. Everybody's different and there are a lot of different treatments for mental illnesses. And I have done slash am doing all of them. And I encourage those who struggle to seek help as well if this changed my life for the better. I just think it's fucked up to stigmatize people as crazy and say that they're unable to do stuff that anyone can do. It's not their fault, and it's the wrong way for people to look at things. I may be crazy, but at least I'm aware of it and not afraid to be honest about it, and I'm not hiding behind a Twitter or Instagram account. I'm simply writing this because I want everyone out there who has an illness to know that it's not true. And that anyone who says that is ill and full of shit. Mental illness is not a joke. It's a real thing. There's kids out there killing themselves. And it's fucking horrific. For all of those struggling, I want you to know that I love you and I understand you. And it is going to be okay. That's all. Love to everyone else. Lightning Boltheart. So I I know I just love that response. I thought that was great. Just the stigma is so bad for BPD. Like we're seeing with this example people are more likely to write you off as a lost cause that will never be able to enjoy a normal life or a partially normal life. I'm glad to see him kind of busting up some stigma with that. Okay, um, my interview this week is the second half of my interview with Heather, who is an, an autism activist or advocate. And is going to be starting up in her own podcast here shortly. Now I'm going over the, the list of things I wanted to mention. Um, so do you have your, your um, questions that you were asked? Did you save those? I think so. Let's Sorry, see. I didn't ask. How are you? <laughs> that's okay. No, that's fine. Um, I'm, it's been a shitty day, but I'm all right. Where is it? Here. I sent it to you, so I still have it in my uh, my history of things. So my um, one of the common autistic traits is to forget to ask questions that are obvious, like "How are you?" <laughs> um, it's not that we don't care, or it's not that we don't mean to. It's that it's not 
it's hard for us to remember to ask things like that. Sometimes we feel like we're being um, intrusive, even mm. though someone asked you and you're happy to, you know, have no problem opening up and answering the question, have a hard time asking the same question in return. Do you know, I write emails with the thing I want to say and then go back in and add pleasantries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm notorious for this. And actually, I really like um, written um you know, responses to things rather than speaking, because I can remember very clearly then to to add those things in. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'd just be like, um, the files in the such and such, done. And that would be <laughs> my whole email. <laughs> yeah. And it would not be a polite, professional conversation, you know? Yeah, I, I prefer written as well, mostly because I can understand it better. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yes, well, it does. It does make things a hell of a lot clearer, no doubt. There, yeah, that's why I'm. I'm always um, kind of amused when people say that the internet chat doesn't allow for you know expression and things get misunderstood. I'm like, not that's my face to face interaction. The internet is actually easier. <laughs> yeah, I find the internet so much more clear because I can really express myself fully. I can really think through what I want to say, and it's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even for this podcasting endeavor, I'm finding it that I need to write notes, that I need to come up with questions I want to ask. And, you know, before I go about this, this is because this is a whole new medium for me. Um, I need to think through, you know, what I would write if I were to write it. You know, what is my argument? How, and this is the philosopher. What's my mm-hmm. argument? My premises? You know, how do I want to go about this? Um, what's the general gist of what I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm thinking through all that. And that's part of what's taking me a while is, is how do I want to approach this? And I have to write it down. (laughs) 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 So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's, but it is a, it is a battle to me, but I'm glad that I'm, I'm still forcing myself to do it because I need to get back used to oral communication because it it was something that I, I used to be comfortable with when I was younger. And now I've gotten, I've found it more difficult. I find it easier to write. So Mm -hmm. now I make myself do it. So no, I I definitely get that. (laughs) Uh, I found my little quiz thing, by the way. So I do have that. Well, that's the image, but do we have the questions? Oh, I don't, I did not save the questions. Oh, dang. See, that's the thing I really wanted to go over. See, that's the, that's the part where I could say, when you say never, sometimes, or always, yeah. I can well, point out to you, um, well, if you want, I could go over some of the things that are on this list that from this Tanya and Marshall. And if you want, you could even retake a test while we're, while we're chatting. Yeah, sure. That's but, fine with me. It's not like it takes, and, and if you want, you can go over the questions as we go. What do they mean by this? Mm-hmm. And I could, yeah. yeah, that could help me because I was, when I was first taking it, I was like, no, I wonder what they mean by that. I overthink things. Well, well no, that's good because, <laughs> well, that's normal. That's normal for us is to overthink things. Huh. That's very normal. That, that fits under our norm. It's definitely my norm. So I'm picking out. What? Some of the things that I know to be very, very common amongst us. Mm-hmm. Um, two things to think, like, um, full of things to think about. You all right? Yeah. <laughs> Just something. Clumsiness. Let's go there first. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
Clumsiness is very common. To find bruises on yourself and not know where you got them. <laughs> to to bang into things, bash your arm against the the door arm or uh, the door um, molding. To to suddenly fall over. To trip over something that doesn't exist. Those things are really common amongst us. So <laughs> if there's a thing for you, then That's- that is. That does describe me accurately. <laughs> yes. I'm a very yeah. clumsy person. I'm constantly, somebody's asking me, oh, what happened there? I'm like, um, I don't know. Fell into something? <laughs> <laughs> My mom is chronically covered in bruises, and I get them often, too. Although, completely now, it's more because my dog is, like, scratching at me than for me falling over. But I still... Um, I still, I bang my arm into the molding all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Moldings are like doorways, tables. I'm always bumping yeah. my knees into my desk, things like that. Ah, it hurts. It's painful. All right. Yes. Extremes are something that is something to really pay attention to. Um, now, if you have any questions on anything I mentioned, like stimming or... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Could nasty- you, do you, could you define stimming? Because that was something that I was going to ask you. Or are you going to get okay. into that? Um. I just, well, I, I, first I wanted to just say, you know, anything, any words that, that I use that are common parlance for us, um, I'm sure is not a norm for someone who would be regularly listening to your podcast. And if you're not familiar also, that's all the more reason for me to explain what it means. So mm-hmm. being a self-stimulation, um, it can be rocking. It could be, um, so like bobbing back and forth or bobbing side to side when you're standing, flicking your fingers, mm-hmm. rubbing your hands. If you um, wring your hands on a regular basis, um, anytime you're nervous, if you, um, the big one is flapping. Um, that's the, the happy flappy. The, <laughs> that's sort of the, the, the jokey kind of name for it. <laughs> so, so um, flapping your arms or, any any sort of jerky movements, anything that is out of the norm but is calming to to you, and and you may not even you may not notice that you're doing it until you like look down and you go, oh, I'm rubbing my fingers together for some <laughs> that's stimming. <laughs> okay. Um, and the stimming, some of these things by themselves don't mean anything and they're just like a symptom, but it doesn't mean, you know, instantly, oh, you're stimming. So you're autistic. No, it's sort of like, well, if you add in sensory issues, you add in mm-hmm. social exhaustion, um, masking and a whole bunch of other things, you add them together and you go, yeah, probably, probably. That is really interesting. Well, I have the the questions up, so if you want to go through those, then we can do that. Or did you want to start with something else? Let's see, I, trying, I had a couple things that were the, the the obvious, obvious. So stimming is definitely one. Clumsy is another. Mm-hmm. Extremes I mentioned because, like, um, so if you're not good with eye contact or you have intense eye ca- eye contact, both would fit under the same category. Okay. So, um, and someone may not realize they have intense. Uh, eye contact unless someone says to you why are you looking through me or why do you what does it feel like you're staring through my soul <laughs> but you know like that's the kind of response that you'll get to intense and that it's because we're reading someone's face and it takes an intense amount of 
um, staring and and reading to try and figure out what it is they really mean. It's beyond just the, oh, they smiled, they're happy. No, it's I saw that that micro movement between their brows that means that they're actually lying mm-hmm. and that's not really what they're actually feeling. And to pay that much attention, that's the intense stare thing. Okay. So you could be hyposensitive, you could be hypersensitive, uh, hyper or hyposensitive to touch, sight, uh, you know, like like sounds or, or bright lights or my mother, for example, her rods, rods are about light. In her, your eyes? Like, yes. Yeah. I know it's rods and cones. I'm pretty sure light has to do with how much light. Her vision, she struggles with darkness and what would be considered to me to be per- a perfectly well-lit room and like just, you know, natural light, not something that's got, you know, artificial lamps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this time of day for me is perfectly comfortable and I can see within my room. She come in and go, it's dark in here. Why is it too dark in here? Why don't you put on a lamp? <laughs> and me, this is, this is plenty of light. I don't need any more than this. More than this actually becomes uncomfortable. Hmm. Okay. I do that a lot too. I walk into a room and I'm like, why is it so dark in here? <laughs> That's mostly because my family are cave people though, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there is a reasonable amount where you go, all right, it's freaking dark in here. How <laughs> right. do you seem to write? Like, you know. There are things that generally hurt the eyes to do, which is fair. But um, in in this case, it's if I'm looking at a computer with a backlit, you know, it's perfectly well lit, then I don't need a lot of light around me to be able to see the computer. Right. And, and a moderately lit or, or even low light situation is perfectly fine for me anyway so you get the idea though uh, yes <laughs> i do so we had talked about schooling before um, uh mm-hmm. on the other i think on the other podcast and um it's very common for autistics to have dropped out of not just college but sometimes high school um sometimes they have to repeat a grade and sometimes we we go on to doctorate level usually once we find our special interest and that becomes the thing that we really 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 want to focus on like forever (laughs) and it could be many things but you know if you have one thing you really love or even a combination of things um then you can you know because you've already spent all this time focusing on this particular topic it's not hard to go to graduate school and study it for another six years when most of the work you've already done. And at that point, you're just writing your dissertation. And it's super simple. Um, <laughs> I have a friend in the UK. He has a master's from Cambridge. But he lives on disability. Wow. Poorly. Mm-hmm. Just Poor because thing. he can't um, handle the interpersonal sort of things that go along with having a job? or Well, <laughs> Um, he was sort of pushed out of his job, I think, because of his lack of sociability. Mm-hmm. And but I get him, like, and we get each other, and we get on each other's nerves, but we're still fine. Like it's <laughs> we have that kind of thing going. Uh-huh. But I get him, and I and I can see why other people won't get him. But he does have physical ailments. He has a really bad hip, poor thing, mm-hmm. and and he can't get the help that he needs because he's begun to well. 
he hasn't begun. It's been a while now. He, he's a hoarder, poor thing. And um, he doesn't seem to have a problem with that concept, but I definitely do. Um, and I'm I'm not like super mega tidy by any stretch of the imagination, but I am definitely not that. <laughs> right. And I mean, piles of things like he, he keeps telling me he has avalanches and that creeps me out. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah that's scary. Especially yeah, exactly. if you, does he live alone? Yes. Mm, that's scary. Honestly, no one would live him in, with him in that house. Yeah. There wouldn't be any room for another person in that house. He has to sneak by the things that are in his bedroom to get to the bathroom. You know? Like that. It's oh. not, it's really not healthy. Yeah. And I worry about him a lot. He's um, 20 years older than me. Yeah. And so he's, he's getting older and he has a bad hip and he's, he's got a bad back and he's got worse problems because, um, he started off the swimming season. He really likes to swim. So do I. Um, and he wrenched his back and now it's just been getting worse and worse and worse for things. So he can't even enjoy the thing that he loves. Mm. Yeah. So sad. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because he is a, he's a, really smart guy i mean he i i feel like you know it's a meeting of the minds at times and it's nice to have those kind i love having those kinds of conversations and um we agree on a lot of issues and i, I keep trying to teach him about feminism i keep trying to teach him it's not it's it's slowly sinking in it's not it's taking a lot <laughs> because he comes from a different generation and right. he struggles with the ideas of like civil rights, women's rights. He feels like um, that the cultural change should come first before the legal. And I said, if we had to wait for the cultural change before the legal, we'd be waiting forever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and that the legal has made a difference in helping bring along the social change. But, you know, it obviously isn't perfect. And the people who really, really don't want to change aren't going to. Um, anytime soon. But that aside, <laughs> way onto a tangent. Yeah, there was another, definitely another, get into a tangent there. <laughs> well, you know what? It, that's another symptom. Tangent city. <laughs> I am tangent queen. I will. I will run off on a on a whole different topic and then have to try and backtrack to where the hell I was before. That is a, a constant thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and on the lines is um, having one, and this is a special interest, having one or two topics of interest that I can go off on for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and monologue <laughs> with someone staring there while like deers in the head, you know, deer in the headlights kind of thing. <laughs> like, when can I leave? <laughs> yeah. How long have I been standing here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, sometimes it's more like escaping rather than a conversation, unfortunately. And I don't want it to be that way. So I sometimes I check in. I'm like, all right, so how are we doing? <laughs> okay, so those are those are some of the things. So if you want to if you want to try and uh, go over the test a little bit, I'll interject when I have some other things to add into it. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, so this quiz, I'm going to give out the internet address. It's rdos.net uh, slash eng slash aspi dash quiz dot php. That's a long, that's long and complicated. Okay. Well, you can put it in the notes and um, yeah. it is 
as far as the um, the Facebook uh, groups are concerned, for people that are that are either self-diagnosed or think they may be, this is often a, a one that is suggested okay. by by the community as a as a possibility, just to you know give someone an idea if they might fit on the spectrum. And um, usually, most people are either really, really, really you know neurodiverse, or they're really, really, really. Neurotypical, <laughs> yeah, so, and that gives a pretty good indication. And in my case, I happen to be right down the freaking middle. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the best person to be the advocate, right? Because you're right, right there in the middle. Well, I can, I, I can, I understand both worlds, but I definitely do not fit into the neurotypical world. But I understand it enough to be able to translate both, both sides to each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I have that skill at least. Okay, so okay. what's your first question? Okay, so the first one I have here is, do you instinctively become frightened by the sound of a motorbike? And I'm guessing they mean motorcycle. <laughs> um, I don't hear a motorbike very often, but like if one were to start up right next to me, yes, I would be very, that would be very frightening to me. Hardly. So is that is that one that I would say yes often to? Because, or is it more of a, you hear one approaching, you know what I mean? Um, well, so the starting, so I believe they mean something that's um, a, a very loud sound that starts right next to you. If yeah. that startles you and would upset you, then the answer to that would, that that's kind of would be in the fitting with neurodiverse. Okay. Um, presumably for neurotypicals, then, you know, there might be initial like, whoa, what was that? Oh, okay. And then they immediately go back to, um, you oh. know, a state rest. Whereas neurodiverse is more likely to be like more, you know, shaken by that or to even have, um, you know, sensory responses like to, to have, you know, shutdown or to, um, panic attack or just like a, a prolonged reaction. Yes. Sort of deal. Uh-huh. I'm trying, to of, trying to think of the word. Why am I not thinking of the word? What's the word? <laughs> Oh, oh, it's hard to word sometimes. Yeah, I would. I would more likely probably be inclined to to scream and run away. <laughs> Everybody's already always uh making fun of me for being so sensitive. Um. Well. Um. Next time you feel free to hit them no. and say "shut up" and leave me alone. And it's okay for me to feel that way because you have a right to your responses, and it doesn't make you a baby. It makes you sensitive to, hypersensitive to is that the word hypersensitive yes okay. <laughs> okay i'm i'm hypersensitive too yeah yeah it it can get it can be troubling sometimes <laughs> but the, uh, the word i was looking for was meltdown and oh. meltdowns are different from temper tantrums um i have rages more yeah. than i have meltdowns but meltdowns are um uncontrollable crying fits. Okay, yeah. And they don't, they're not kicking, yelling, crying. That's more of a tantrum. A meltdown is um, like hiding in a corner and rocking yourself as you sob uncontrollably. Yeah, that's happened, to me that's happened a bit more in response to, I don't know if it's been in response to audio stimuli. It's more like, um, interpersonal relationship type things <laughs> which is not i mean that's that's normal yeah. that's 
not, I don't think in considered in neurologically, I don't think that's considered an unusual response really, because there's plenty of things that warrant that kind of response. But, um, this is about being overwhelmed, overwhelmed by, um, sensory in particular, um, stuff that really, um, or, or a situation that they can't deal with. Like there was a guy, a young man who was supposed to catch a flight and they changed the, the time on him and he, and he panicked and he had a meltdown and they found him crying underneath the desk in the airport. Oh yeah. That's so sad. Um, and it's even harder in children. They do stuff like bang their heads or sometimes they do scream. I don't, I don't know all of the child symptoms as much as adults because I, I haven't really studied children or, or interacted with any the only autistic child I, I um, interacted with was at work, and she was doing this sort of happy flappy. And I figured out that what her flappy was is she wanted to be a butterfly, and she wanted to fly. Oh, Yeah, it was so, so sweet. sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to move on to the next question? Sure. Okay. Go right. uh, do you enjoy traditional dating? And that's going to be a hard no. It's <laughs> 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 easy enough. Three, is it hard for you to approach somebody you are attracted to? No, I would think it would be for everybody from time to uh, time. Don't you think? Personally? Yes, anyway. I mean, I I guess I've had crushes on someone that I didn't think I would ever have a chance with, so then I would not, I would have a harder time. But for the most part, I've always been the bold one that just walks straight up to be, you know, and be like, hey, um, <laughs> let's have a chat. <laughs> and it may go nowhere and it may go somewhere, but... You know, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I definitely, one of the things that fits on this list is gender fluidity and um, sort of a throwing out the window of the idea of gender rules, gender uh, behavior, gender, you know, sexual preferences, sort of all of the above. We tend, we tend to have more LGBT. We tend to have more people that are trans. We tend to have, you know, people who are, have more characteristics of what's traditionally seen as, you know, the opposite gender. Um, I would consider myself slightly butch. Mm-hmm. I'm not femme, I'm not very femme femme type. I dress in t-shirt and jeans, which is not really very descript, but. Um, my hair is very short and I'm loud and I'm very aggressive and I'm assertive and I take no crap and I'm not, I don't roll over and play dead. I have a tendency, I used, well, I used to have a very strong tendency to burn bridges Mm -hmm. and I've gotten away from that, realizing that that is not helpful to me. Um, and I've, had to, to learn to do otherwise, but so there isn't that, you know, sort of more traditionally feminine sort of behavior. And it, it can be anything in between. You could be anywhere on that spectrum of gender or, or sexuality and be autistic. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you're traditionally feminine, that means you're not autistic. Mm-hmm. It's just, there is this vast fluidity in amongst us that is more common amongst us than there is in the general population. So um, if you happen to have more, if you happen to have more traditionally masculine behaviors of one type or another, that would be a definite sign. Huh, I never really thought about that. 
Yeah, well, one of the B words is bisexual in my in my that B word, right? It's not one that nope. comes up as Me much too. as the others, but yeah. <laughs> I'm also. Okay, All right. carrying on. All right, number four. I think, yeah, that's where we're at. Do you tend to interpret things literally? And actually quite the opposite. I tend to interpret them less literally than they're intended sometimes and find nuance and metaphor with their, where there is none intended. <laughs> so a lot of us are very literal. So, so I would definitely say never on that if I were you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reasoning behind that is there is a lot of, there is, there are plenty of people who do not understand some idiomatic expressions. What does that, that can you elaborate on that some? So I'm trying to think of, a, of an example. There's there's certain expressions that, that don't make any sense to autistic people. Well, like they don't throw the baby out with the bathwater type thing? Kind of like that, yeah. And, and that, that might even be an example, but it's not, because I'm not, I'm not that's not one of my things. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it, a very specific example, but yeah, that's the kind of idea. It, It'd be like, why would you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater? Or why would you, or, you know, (laughs) why, what does that have to do with being honest or, or, or holding things together? Or, or, you know, how do these things fit together with the, the meaning that you're trying to come across? I don't understand the connection there. So that is an issue for, for many autistic people, but I'm INTJ. That's the Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the N in that is intuitive, which is um, very metaphorical thinking. Yeah. I've studied mythology, like, extensively. So you're even more prone to that, I would imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm very, like, f- like super mega focused on metaphor. <laughs> in, I, I think in metaphor. I argue in metaphor, uh, you know, like, or analogy. I'm, like, the analogy queen. And that's a really strong way to argue too. So I always think in in terms of alternative ways to express something or try to even think within somebody else's idiom. You know, once I get to know someone and I know the things that matter to them, I can argue in the way that they're within their, to use Joseph Campbell, to argue within their own mythology. Mm-hmm. The way they view the world and the way that they understand things, I can come up with an analogy that suits their worldview or the way they understand things. But that's a, that's intensive study to be mm-hmm. able to do. Yeah, that sounds like it's a skill that would be really helpful, though. It is. It, it's, it's immensely helpful, um, but it does require a bit of study of a person to be able to do so. But mm-hmm. it's kind of cool when you can do that. And then they immediately go, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from then. And I go, see? And and they go well. You just changed my views on things, and it's and it's very cool to be able to. That's a nice feeling when you can actually argue a point, and it's not just a battle of logic, but it's you know it's making something accessible on you know from their point of view. So yeah. that's a neat. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that you know that took years of practice, and and it's a combination of that mythology study, trying to understand um, someone's you know, their anthropological, you know, an anthropological look of them and then adding in the philosophy. So that's, that's that combination there that allows me to do that kind of thing. But, um, for anyone who hasn't done that, (laughs) (laughs) um, I can, uh, so someone who would probably come out as more literal would be an S they'd be an S person. They would be, you know, a 
a can is, you know, this many, you know, millimeters high and it's, or centimeters high and it's, you know, this color and it has these colors written on it and it's, you know, has letters that are in, you know, makes sense. I don't know, whatever, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, that, that would be a more S person. They, they describe something exactly as it is and not any deeper than that. Whereas if I look at can, I think big business, I think pollution, I think, you know, wasteful behavior, I think recycling, hopefully, you know, I start thinking of all these other concepts that have nothing to do with the can. (laughs) 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 So that's sort of the difference there. But so yeah, if you're not, by all means, um, put never and it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like I said, I've been diagnosed officially. That didn't. That wasn't on my radar. Okay. Let's move on to the next question, which is a kind of a weird one. Uh, and I wasn't sure how to feel about it. It says, do you feel irritated when one person disagrees with what everyone else in a group believes? And I'm inclined to say yes, if it's something that's not terribly important. <laughs> but I mean, if it's, it's something that's against or if the group is against my strongly held beliefs and I might be that person, you know, that's, that disagrees with everyone else. So I don't know. I think I might check the question mark for that. I got, I got that question too. And I wasn't quite sure what that's one where I wasn't honestly sure where they were going with it because well, generally I would say for autistic people that we would be more interested in the logic and the truthfulness of a stance than we would be in group cohesion. Okay. Yeah. So that's part of the INTJ as well, is that, you know, it's it um, the... Is that the T? The T, the, the T yes. Oh, I'm an F, so... <laughs> oh, so you would be more inclined towards... Well, we have INFJs and we have INTJs, but the vast majority of us are one or the other. Really? I'm INFP. Strong in INTJs, though, and we are the least... We're the least common of... Um, INTJs are the least common of the types... And women make, I think it was 0. 0.08, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8, I think, percent of INTJs are female. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I am like super, super mega rare. <laughs> <laughs> you ought so, to be a um, Pokemon. Yeah, if you're an F, then I can see totally why, you know, the, the group would. But the question then becomes, do you care more about. Care more about keeping the group. Right. Or more or about, about truth, you know, something being truthful. I'm going to go with sometimes. I mean, subject matter certainly does matter. You right. know, when something's just argumentative, just to be argumentative, it irritates the hell out of me, too. Yeah. Yeah. But that, if something yeah. has a genuine good point, and the rest of the group doesn't want to hear it just because they don't want to hear things that are outside the group, then that pisses me off. So I, you know, it really depends on the thing. And I don't think that's the best question because it isn't very clear. Right. Yeah. Um, the next one is, are you easily distracted? Uh, two out of two. <laughs> very distractible. <laughs> well, think, then there you go. Yeah. And then that would be a definite Yes. Uh, and that would be the ADHD of the autistic, which is common in within autism. And ADHD as a comorbid to to autism is very common. 
versus if you're just ADHD, not as common to be autistic as well. Hmm, interesting. No, I figured I was. I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is your sense of humor different from the mainstream or considered odd? That'd be a definite yes. Um, I have really kind of dry, dark humor a lot of the time. And most people do not like it. <laughs> I like I like black humor and I like I like Monty Python, which uh-huh. is not not fit into the standard um you know what's okay in the office it's <laughs> all about money python and like dead stares across like just all the faces and i'm like man i am just not i'm not getting anywhere with that so i just stopped i, I mean the quote will run through my no matter what anyone says at work i was always like you know the quote will run through my head mm-hmm. but i recognized it there's no point in making the reference because no one will get it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So most people I think at work don't think I'm very funny because they, I, my humor is too different from theirs and I can try to joke on their level, but it's just not, it's not as common that I can come up with something that fits their idiom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's me and my boss. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we, Learn to uh, live with each other. I just don't make jokes, and I don't... She doesn't either, so that's good. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's move on. Thank you, Alice, Becky. Um, so, the, but the, on the issue of the unusual humor that would fit into the, the nerd factor of autistics being, you know, out of the norm and tending to fit with the nerd crowd, mm-hmm. and nerd crowd having different interests often more intellectual humor than the regular crowd yeah and i saw something else somewhere about black humor saying something about you know positive like a positive correlation with intellect so well that that's awesome i i agree it um, makes me smart so in that long, <laughs> what's what's 22 inches and makes women scream <laughs> um a snake <laughs> Did. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I'm to keeping anyone, that one. To, to just about any other, to any non-autistic woman, <laughs> the response to that is, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh I thought it was funny. <laughs> There we go. Yay! See, I told you I have words in the humor. Yay! All right. So I, knew I, had, I knew I had the right crowd, which was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to make sure you vet people very carefully before telling that joke. <laughs> yeah, that one, I, I've, I've said it in uh, unfavorable settings, and um, definitely I was um, seen as a horrible person for at least a while. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Well, it's like, no, I really don't like dead babies. It's just a joke. <laughs> I wasn't encouraging the death of babies. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get on to the next one, which is number eight. Do you tend to look at people who, oh, do you tend to look a lot at people you like and a little or not at all at people you dislike? Um, I'm going to go with a little on that one. I think because I do I think tend they need more eye contact. I think is what they mean by that. Mm-hmm. 
So if you have better eye contact with your significant other or with friends than you would, you know, your boss or people at work or, um, you know, anyone that you wouldn't mm-hmm. social with or know very well, then that I think that's where they're going with that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with a little because I do, it's expected, right? The, the certain sort of like level of interaction is expected with people so you feel tired afterward after interacting with people that i don't really like or that i don't really know that well yeah yeah it's exhausting (laughs) that's definitely which under the the concept of of the spectrum i would definitely fit under us all right so it's social exhaustion Mm -hmm. and um that's that's very common for us okay all right. I, I had mentioned too. Um, uh, I know of a lot of people in um, on the Facebook groups that go over if they know they need to have a conversation with somebody on a particular topic, but they will actually play out the, the conversation in multiple different ways with all kinds of different answers and try to play out the conversation to its completion so that they are prepared the conversation when they actually have the interaction and spend a lot of their time on Do I enjoy spinning in circles? Yes. <laughs> Strange. I don't do it very much because it obviously makes you look weird. But it is fun. Oh. That's, that's, yeah, that, well, that would fit under stimming. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, next one is, do you find it hard to tell the age of people? I don't really. I can usually get pretty close. I mean, as I'm getting older, it's harder to tell 20 from 17, but other than that. <laughs> I look back at kids who are um, in college, and I, and I look at them and I go, aren't you still in high school? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyone who's around my age, I have no problem. And... I tend, my voice is younger, and that's a, that's another thing. Having a younger voice than your actual age is, is a very common thing for us. Oh. Uh, yep. And looking younger for longer. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's just, for me, it's just it's just around my age group, I can usually tell. I can usually tell even older, but once they get under 35, now I'm really looking at them and going... I'm sorry, you all look like you belong in kindergarten. <laughs> I can't tell anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think if 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 men were interested in dating, you know, young women who are like 18 or so, and they had the same issue, like they think, you know, couldn't tell the difference between 25 and 18. How icky. That's pretty is, disgusting. That makes it, that adds an extra layer of icky. Uh-huh. On of dating an 18 year old like when you're 18 and you thought someone wanted you know 40 wanted to date you it wasn't like oh but i'm an adult and then you look now back at the 18 year olds and you go you're an infant what are you talking about <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you're a zygote go back to your womb <laughs> yes unfortunately well, poor little 18 year olds they don't know anything well, you know, I have sympathy, but I, I remember being at that age and being like, I'm an adult now. And then now looking back and going, no, no, I wasn't. No, <laughs> oh. 
it's not, I'm not meaning to sound disparaging in any way. It's just, you know, it's just a perspective. When you get older, you just change the way you view that time period. Yeah. Oh, wow, I was really, I, you know, I remember personally, I was really stupid then. <laughs> and I thought I knew everything. And I, and I fell into that, that trap that, that, everyone else does and in that way so i mean i wasn't really any different than anyone else in that way so yeah me too i was very stupid and oh man you listen to my first episode and if you're interested in how stupid i was when i was 18 anyway (laughs) (laughs) it's a long story (laughs) um let's see well i got married at at 20 so got you beat by two years (laughs) oh wow How long did the marriage last? Oh, two years. And yeah. We were definitely waking up by 2000. Yeah, it was about two. I try not to think about it. <laughs> I understand why. My relationship lasted for eight years. We were married for six. Oh, that's actually kind of a long time. That long, that it was young. a very long time. Um, but it set me back. You know, I was behind my peers because mm-hmm. of it. Although at the same token, I said a lot of time to read and grow as a person, which no one would have. If you, if you just went to school and went to work, you wouldn't have the time to do all the reading that I did. I was like autodidact. I read nine hours a day. Oh, I wish I could still do that. (laughs) I miss it. I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't. Well, is it, is it anxiety? Is it, um, not having the time? Is it Um, something other than just, combination of not having the time and you know just not like my eye strain and things like that i mean i wear glasses but i need new ones <laughs> just like family obligations and it's mostly time honestly and even more so now that i have this this podcast that's my dog that's a big dog i can tell by the wolf yeah he's about 50 pounds he's not huge but he's no that's not that's that's a medium size. Yeah. I ha- had a Labrador when I was younger. I have a Lab Band something mix and a Golden and something mix. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both smaller than, you know, what their purebred counterparts would be, but they're still adorable. I love my doggos. Yeah. Talk about, like, you can definitely tell, especially today, I was really having a bad day. And. I spent the whole day just like hugging my dog. <laughs> yeah, it really helped actually. <laughs> He's definitely my therapy animal. Yeah, it definitely does help, without a doubt. Um, for me, I, I my dog doesn't like to lay down and hug, so um, I sit in a chair and I hug him that way, and he's more than happy. He just falls asleep and we and it's it's very sweet and it's I love it. It's one Aww. of my most favorite things. Dogs are so great. Why do we even have other people? We just need dogs. Yeah, forget people. (laughs) People are annoying, mostly. (laughs) Mostly. Except for my listeners, who are great. (laughs) (laughs) They are awesome. Was that too... That was too much of a hard sell, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, it was a very hard sell. (laughs) All right, let's move on. (laughs) Um, There's a difference between a listening public and and a, like people I interact with in real life kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking to, we're kind of preaching to the choir here. Right. I mean, for the most part, 
the people who would be listening are our own kind of people. Right. The, the random interaction with Dunkin' Donuts jerk face that you want to punch in, Ooh. you know, in the, in the gonies for being <laughs> a dick. So, like, that's a co- totally different situation, you know. Yeah. Uh, those people, like, you know, someone in the Dunkin' Donuts um, who gives me um, a um, dairy beverage after I very specifically ask for a non-dairy because I'm lactose intolerant, and then I want to go back and, like, strangle them, that person, you know, I could do without. <laughs> yeah, that's not, uh, that's not cool at all. That's no, like, that's like people who, um, I am really sensitive to like aspartame and man, people will give you a diet Coke if you order a regular one, if they feel like you should have a diet Coke and I'm constantly like, you're going to give me a migraine. Get this away. <laughs> yeah. I know people are jerks sometimes, but anyway. Yes. Jerk faces. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. So next. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. do you find it hard to recognize phone numbers when set in a different way and yeah I'm, especially phone numbers but any kind of number really they say it especially when people say 17 482 <laughs> something like that I'm yeah. like oh I just wrote 7 so hold on while I erase that and say the number again the right way <laughs> Well, my favorite, I, I had to get used to the English way of doing numbers because they um, they don't seem to have a, you know, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Like, they don't have that. So it's more like one five triple three, <laughs> and you go, what? <laughs> and they'll just carry on, and you go, Wait, wait, wait. Let's get back to the triple three thing. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Give me a moment to write three, three, three. I was totally not prepared for triple three because we would never, we would never give a phone number that way. But that's, that's how they do that there. So huh. you get used Interesting. to Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so there was a discussion earlier about, I think in the, in the other podcast, mm-hmm. um, about the morbids. Yes. And, um, so there's a couple of things that I wanted, I, I can add to the, the list, but I'm, I'll give the list that we sort of had before. So we knew OCD, mm-hmm. we knew anxiety, PTSD is a common, bipolar is a common or, or, or a possible, I'm not saying common, is a possible, um, personality disorders can be possible, mm-hmm. even schizophrenia can be possible. Um, Irulin syndrome. Um, what is that? That's when text literally jumps up off a uh, computer screen. Um, it either can stand out, it can fade out. Your whole vision can fade out. Your the text can go like diagonal across the screen. It could um, do little dances. Oh. Um, after I had a, what's it called? Gam- uh, the gamma knife on the back of my head. Um, because I have, I have a small brain tumor, um, that's between my ear canal, um, or my eardrum and my brain. Oh. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. It was a surprise. 
Um, but it's a schwannoma. So it's the, it's the cells that are the schwann cells cover the nerve. So any, a schwann, uh, schwannoma can happen anywhere that there's nerves, which is pretty much anywhere in the body. So the nerves that go from the eardrum to the brain, one of those or a couple of those cells broke off from the, the mass and started to grow on their own. Okay. Um, be dangerous if it's not caught and it starts to crowd out your hearing. And most people don't notice that they have it until they've lost about 60% of their hearing in one ear because the other ear sort of compensates. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of ear damage before people notice that they're losing hearing in an ear. Um, I was lucky it was caught when it was very small and it did no damage to me yet. Um, but I won't know if it's dead for another three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a long wait for that. It is. And thanks again to Heather for being such a good sport and a great interview. And just for all of her good stuff that she's doing. In fact, there was so much content that I'm going to actually put out a third episode. So stay on the lookout for that. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. You can reach me on Twitter at that B word one, the numeral one. You can email me at Becky at that B word.com. And you can find all of my back episodes at, uh, at www.thatbword.com. I'm also on Facebook and on Pinterest. If you want to go ahead and search for me, uh, just search for that B word podcast. Also, I have recently set up a Patreon for, so for those of you who would like to support the show, yeah, and it would help defray the setup costs and all the initial costs as well as, uh, go towards hosting and things like that for the future. So if you want to, great. It's an option. If you don't, that's fine. Love you anyway. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>